will say good morning. Let us begin. We begin by thanking our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors, for the month of Sivan, to thank Baruch Mary and Rina Dubin for dedicating all the Sherman Joshos this month, and the Schlesavot of Fushlima for their niece, Chavat Zipora, Bas Chayim Malka, and Shmuley and Libra Dinovitz for dedicating the Sherman Joshos this month, and the Schlesavot and Aliyah for the Neshama, Avraf Peretz Avram, Ben Rabbi Yamin Moshe, Zichron Levrach, we hope that the merit of our Talmud Torah being Neshama, we'll have an Aliyah, the family Neshama, and Kol Cholei Yisrael will have a complete and enduring refuah. Most with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today. Baruch Hashem, today's nap is Kof Yud Beis, 112. We are picking up on Kof Yud Aleph Amud Beis, 111b. And we left off at the two dots. The two dots. Um, um, no, a little bit earlier. Ah, okay, I want to do it. Nine lines up. Two, four, six, eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So good. Al Mechavart Mazaglor Mer. Good. Karikan. Karikan. That's where he left off. Excuse me. Two, four. Right. Two, four, six, eight. Ten lines up from the bottom. Sorry about that. Karikan. So remember again, the Mishnah introduced us to the concept of the Katan Yavam, right? The, so again, we learned about the concept that Yibam could technically be affected by Kitanim. So yesterday we began the Gemara's discussion with the idea that the Mishnah clearly does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir, because Rabbi... Rebimir holds that cotton and kitana cannot do yibum. Rebimir is concerned that how do you know they're going to be yibum eligible? So if they're not yibum eligible and you allow them to go ahead and do yibum, you've effectively allowed for an erva scenario to unfold. Okay, so we established the Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir. The Gemara raises another question. Kari kan lahakim laachiv shame. I will say, what is the entire point of the mitzvah of yibum? The entire point of Yibum is to go ahead and to provide progeny, to provide offspring for the deceased brother. But this individual, this Yabam, is a katan. If he is a katan, he is unable to go ahead and provide offspring for his brother. Similarly, again, if she is a kitano, she's a kitano, she's unable to go ahead and provide offspring for her deceased husband. So ultimately, again, how is this a sanctioned Yibub union? Because the Pasuk says, that literally, again, the Yavam will go ahead and do Yibum with the widow. And I will say, that's the sense of Yibum. In other words, there's, there's no guarantee in any Yibum scenario that children are going to occur. The mitzvah of Yibum is for the brother-in-law to marry the sister-in-law. That's the mitzvah. See, even if, again, in this type of situation, we know that immediately the union will not produce children, there's still a mitzvah of Yibum. So the Yibum says, Rava Amarava says, Nami, Nami, Lo, Masis, Amrit. Rava said the truth is, either way, even without this, we could have advanced the following idea. Mi'ika midi. Abai says like this, and it's actually a very interesting idea. Abai says, is there anything, is there anything that Lemaisa right now is Asr and later on will become Mutter? In other words, it doesn't make sense to say that you're going to have a Yibum scenario where now they can't do Yibum, 
but wait a couple of years and they can do yibum. Vaha Amarav Yehuda Amarav, call Yivama She'ein Ani Koreb B'Shas Nefili Yivama Yavalel, Harihi Ke'eshes Achshish Labanim. Rebosia, remember again, this goes back to what we learned before, that when is yibum eligibility established? When is it established? At the time of death. So Lamais, again, either you, either you are yibum eligible at the time of death, or you're not even eligible at the time of death. But there's no such thing as being ineligible now and becoming eligible later on. So the Gemara says, I, the I'm sorry. Because again, essentially, if you are not Yibum eligible at the time of death, then Lamais, again, if you're not Yibum eligible, then it's an Isra Erva. Those are the only, those are the only two options that are available. Either it's Yibum or it's Erva. So the Gemara says, Ve'ema hachinami omikra, ki yeshvu achin yachtov, afilu ben yom echad. So I will say, finally, the Gemara says, the truth is, the Pasuk says as follows, we learned this Russia before, ki yeshvu achim yachtov means what? When brothers will dwell with each other in the world. If you remember again, I will say, the Gemara darshaned that in order for the mitzvah of Yibum to apply, the brothers have to have had been alive at the same time, even if just what? Even if just what? For one day. Now, the fact that that halacha is on the books, that even if the brothers are just, are literally again, just happen to exist in the same world for one day with each other, tells us that what? That halacha la even a minor brother is going to be subject to the mitzvah of Yibum. So I will say what comes out from here is something very interesting. That halacha lamaisa, as much as the mitzvah of Yibum ultimately is to go ahead and have children, but lamaisa, the phrase of Yivamo Yava Allah teaches me that the mitzvah of Yibum applies even in a situation of kitanim. So again, Rabbi say in a general situation, what we would do is we would wait until the cotton reached the age of majority in order to do something, right? What the Mishnah is telling me is ex post facto, if a cotton did in fact perform a mitzvah of yibum, such a yibum would be halachically valid. So again, if lechatchila this came to us, we would wait, we would wait. But if the cotton actually affected yibum, whether with another kitana or even with a gidola, Ultimately, again, the yibum would in fact be effective. The chiddush is, even though now he's a katan, maybe unable to have children, or maybe she's a katana, unable to have children. Yevamo Yavo Aleha says, as long as there's two technical, technically eligible people able to affect yibum, halachah set works. Quite interesting. So the Gemara goes weiter. Yevamo Shara Besok Shloshimim. So what's the next part of the Mishnah? Next part of the Mishnah. Yivama Sha'amra Besok Shloshim. So we'll say, remember again, this was, the Yivama says within 30 days after Yivam occurred, Loni Valti. The Yivam did not have relations with me. Didn't have relations with me. So the Gemara says, what's Talach in that case? We force him to do Chalitza. If she comes after 30 days, then Halacha we don't force him, but we request of him. Says, you know what's going on over here? Mantana da'at lasin yomin. Mokim inish anafshe. Then I will say, what's the logic? You see, we assume that if halacha lamaisa she comes within thirty days, it is possible for him to abstain for thirty days. So if she shows up and says within thirty days, right, I'm sorry, she shows up within the first thirty days and she says he never consummated the yibum, 
We believe that. We can, we can believe that claim because we assume that a man can live within a, within a same home with a woman for less than 30 days and abstain. And abstain. So, who is the opinion who says that until 30 days a person could withhold himself from being intimate with a woman? This this Sanya, because Rabbi Meir says, Tainus Besulim Kosloshim de Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says that after a couple gets married, within the first 30 days, a husband could go ahead and show up to Bezdin and say, My wife wasn't a Besula. She wasn't a Besula. The Rabbi say, What's the impact of saying that she wasn't a Besula? Rashi says over here, Lahafsid Ksuvasa. This would cause her to lose her Ksuva. Rashi says, Koshloshim Yom, why 30 days? Because again, it's within the realm of normalcy for a man to say, I didn't consummate my marriage within the first 30 days. So up to 30 days, ultimately, again, we could believe this claim. However, again, the Gemara said, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says, Nistra la'alter, lo nistra afla achar kamashanim. Rabbi Yossi says, interestingly enough, it's not a function of time as much as it's a function of the couple being secluded together. Once they're secluded, we assume that there's Bia, right? So again, if they're secluded, then ultimately he loses the ability to make the claim. In other words, if they're secluded, and then he doesn't make the claim immediately after seclusion, he's no longer believed. If for some reason there was never any Yichud, then potentially he can make the claim even what? Even years later. So we'll say, but the point over here is Rabbi Meir is the opinion who holds that Halacha Lamaisa up to 30 days, a man could be potentially abstinent. After that, we don't believe him. Therefore, again, let's go back to the Mishnah. Therefore, right, Rachel and Shimon do Yibum, right? Rachel shows up in Basin within 30 days. And she says, the Yavam never consummated Yibum. What's the halacha says the Mishnah? We believe her. We believe her. What's the effect of believing her? We summon Shimon to Basin. We tell Shimon, okay, do Chalitza. You never consummated Yibum, so do Chalitza, says the Gemara. Rabbi on Rabbi says, It could even be Rabbi Yossi. How so? Because it's interesting. Rabbi Yossi was talking about a case of marriage, right? In a case of marriage, there's already, again, a connection a familiarity. So Kren Rabiosi says the first time that they're secluded, we assume that Bia occurred. Because again, there's a familiarity one with the other. Aval but when it comes to your brother's wife, Tap of Kofjud Bays, Mivzaz buzzes mine. There's a certain element of of Mivza buzz literally means embarrassment. What it means is this might not be about to remember again a, a Yibum relationship is often one that one is thrown into, of course, not of their own choosing. So there may be a little bit of an awkwardness or a little bit of an embarrassment in this type of relationship. And therefore, it could even be that Rabbi Yossi would agree that it's not about seclusion, it's not about yichud, but rather, what is it about? It's about time. It's about time. So maybe even Rabbi Yossi would agree that when it comes to a Yibum situation, it could be that even if they're alone with each other, that up to 30 days, Bia didn't occur. So maybe even he would agree. To which the Gemara says, that's fine. So we'll say, so therefore again, this is our first Chelek. So it seems to be now, the Gemara wants to suggest that actually, maybe even everyone could agree. So the, the Machlokis, and it's actually an interesting Machlokis, we'll see it in, in Kiddushin, where the Machlokis that the Gemara is quoting over here, where again, 
Atainus Basulim. A man says, I got married to a woman, I thought she was a Basula. It turns out she's not a Basula. So there's an interesting machlokis, how long she, he, what's the window for making that claim? Rabbi Meir says, up until 30 days, because we assume it's possible that they did not consummate the marriage within the first 30 days. That's possible. Rabbi Yossi says, no, seclusion. So the Gemara is suggesting our Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Meir, to which the Gemara says, even Rabbi, no, maybe even Rabbi Yossi agrees over here. Therefore, what we have in our Mishnah, a woman shows up in Beisdin, Rachel shows up in Beisdin, within 30 days after having done Yibam with her brother-in-law, Shimon, she says, Yibam has never been consummated. What's Beisdin's reaction to that? What's their reaction? We believe her. And therefore, summon Shimon. Shimon, you didn't consummate. Do, do chalitza. To which the Gemara says, well, one second. So why, why is it that we just force him to do chalitza? Why not force him to do yibum? In other words, let me force him to do yibum. In other words, why not go and summon him to basement and say, hey, Shimon, we heard you didn't do yibum. Let's go. Right? Do yibum. In other words, the, the Mishnah sounds like over here there's only one option. And the only option is to do chalitza. But the truth is, if we know that he hasn't consummated Yibum, there's still two options on the table, right? What are the two options? What are the two options? Yibum or Chalitza. So, in other words, why, why only force him to go out and do Chalitza? In other words, what we should do is summon him to Beis and say, Hey, Shimon, get your act together. You have to do one thing or the other, right? Yibum or Chalitza. But why, why, why are you only putting Chalitza on the table? This is very interesting. Well, so here we go. This is where I, I mentioned it yesterday. Rashi kind of, uh, Rashi, Rashi spoiled it a little. Nah, Rashi, Rashi gave us this information. Oh, Rav, Oh, okay. She's showing up in Beisdin. She's showing up in Beisdin. And halacha lamaisa, she comes with a get in her hand. Okay. So now, Rav Osei, so now, now here's what's happening over here. So she's showing up in Beisdin within 30 days. She's saying, my husband never consummated Yibum. Or I should say, my husband, right? Shimon, my brother-in-law never consummated Yibum. And he gave me a get. She's claiming it's a get without Bia. He's claiming that what? There was Bia, and here's the get. And here's the get. So the Gemara says, So that's what's happening over here. So in a case like that, so now, if you bring this all together... When she shows up in Beisdin with this get, so, and she's claiming, he just gave me a get, which also we know, what, what's, the, what's the impact of a get? Of a get, but let's say Yavam gives Yavama a get before, before Yibam or Chalitza has been performed. What's the effect of a get? Right? It shuts down the ability for Yibam, but still requires Chalitza. So she says, I have a get that essentially shuts the door on Yibam, which is fine, which is fine, but I still need Chalitza. He's claiming you don't need chalitza. We had bia, we had bia. So ultimately, again, we had bia. We consummated the relationship, and here's your get. Here's your get. You're good to go. You're good to go. That's the machlokis. So the gemara. So now the mishnah says within 30 days we believe her claim because we assume that it's possible that bia didn't occur. That this was just a get to preclude the possibility of yibum. We summon him to basin, and he's got to do chalitza. So basically, if Yivama says within 30 days, there was no bia, he never consummated yibum. So I will say, it's very interesting. Within 30 days, we believe her. In other words, if she says bia did not occur, we believe that claim. 
We believe that claim. And therefore, we summon him to Beisdin and we force him to do Chalitza. By the way, now, I just, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mention something. Now you also understand why, according to the Mishnah, see, the, remember what the Gemara's question was. The Gemara says, well, if we're summoning him to Beisdin within 30 days, why do you just force him to do Chalitza? He could do Yibum as well. Now we understand why isn't Yibum an option, Rabosai? Why isn't Yibum an option? Because there's a get, right? Correct. Because there's a get. So now I understand the only option on the table now is Chalitza. Is Chalitza. So Rabosai, therefore, watch the Raisa. So again, she shows up in Basin within 30 days and she says, We never had relations. Whether he says we did or he says we didn't, Kofin also Shiyachlotzla, we forced him to do Chalitza. Laachar Shloshim Yom. Now, if it's after 30 days, we ask him to do chalitza. Now, both say, what changes within 30 days, after 30 days? See, after 30 days, we find it highly improbable that a couple lives together at Nenevbiya. We find it highly improbable. So, therefore, both say, she's showing up. It's 35 days, right? 40 days since they were supposed to have done Yibum. She shows up in Beisden. We never consummated the Yibum relationship. He says, yes, we did. She has a get. She has a get. Now, I will say, the truth is, in that case, we're more note, we're more inclined to believe him than to believe her, just because of human nature. Just because of human nature. But nevertheless, we ask him to perform chalitza. We can't compel him, because the metzias is such that we assume that Bia did occur. But Lamaisa, we ask him to do it. Be a good guy. Be a good man. He gave her again. In other words, remember, I will say, in this case, in this case, either way, he doesn't want to be married to her. Right, because he's claiming there was bia and then a get. So we ask him, okay, fine. So no skin off your back, just do chalitza. So we request, we can't force him, because again, human nature is on his side. But lemaisa, we ask him to go ahead and perform chalitza. Good. So it says the gemara la'achar shloshim yom mevakshim shiyachlots. Here we go. He omeres nevalti vehu omer lo baalti. What about this case? She says there was bia. This is a reverse case now. She says there was Bia. He says there was no Bia. Harize Yotzi beget. They will say in this case, ultimately again, he needs to give her a get. He says there was relations. She says there wasn't relations. Even if he recants. He says, you know what? Sorry, made a mistake. Wrong woman. Right, right. There, right? there, there, was, there was no Bia. Nevertheless, tzricha get v'chalitza. Ultimately, again, she requires get and chalitza. So so this contradicts what we were saying before, to which the Gemara says, no, no, I'm Rabbi Abi, I'm Rabbi, I'm Rabbi Ami, tzricha chalitza im gita. Nerabose, our Mishnah is saying the same thing, that halacha lamaisa, even though, the previous price sounds like that potentially there's a case where all she needs is a get, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 our Mishnah is also highlighting the same idea. Whenever we talk about, again, that she needs chalitza, it's always chalitza with the get. In other words, Rabbi say the get, the chalitza that we're talking about is accompanying the get. The case in our Mishnah, Rabbi say remember again, this is the novelty that you would not have seen from reading the Mishnah. The case in our Mishnah is where she is showing up in Beisdin. And what does she have in her hand? What does she have in her hand? She has a get. Rabosai, what's the machlokis between Shimon and Rachel in this case? What's the machlokis? The machlokis is the nature of that get. You see, Rachel's claiming, what's the nature of the get? What's the nature of the get? The get is there because the, he gave me the get, 
as a display that he does not want to perform Yibam with me. So now, okay, the door to Yibam is closed, but I still need Chalitza. He's claiming, what's the nature of the get? What's the nature of the get? We consummated the relationship. She was my wife. I gave her a bona fide get. Right? This is her get. She's a divorcee. There's nothing more to talk about. So Rabbi says, so again, the Gemara says here, let's, let's go right there. Ravashi and Ravashi says, Hasam get lezekaso, hacha get lebiaso. Ultimately, it also, the Gemara says, it also serves two purposes. She's claiming over here that when she shows up, the get that she received was a get that severed the Zika. Now, again, they both say, that's fine. A get could, now, a get doesn't really sever the Zika. What does a get do? Like we said before, a get shuts the door on Yibum. But ultimately, again, you need Chalitza in order to fully sever the Zika. Hacha get labiaso. They both say, but again, conversely, when there's a situation when he's claiming, on again, the Bryce's case, where they were married, ultimately, again, the get has the ability to sever the marriage. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says as follows, So we'll say, interestingly enough, there was a following situation of two people, right, Rachel and Shimon, who came before Rava, came before Rava, and both husband and wife agreed, but I, I, well, not husband and wife, both Yavam and Yavama, right? So we'll call them again, Rachel and Shimon agreed that what? There was no Bia. So we'll say they're showing up in Beisden. Let's call it 50 days. I'm just giving arbitrary number. 50, something more than 30, right? 50 days after they were supposed to have affected Yibum, consummated Yibum. They both show up, they both come before Rava, and they say they both agree to Rava. We never, we never had Bia. Rashi says over here, So we'll say now they're both agreeing, they're both agreeing that Halachalamai said there was never Bia. So the Gemara says, Amulu Rava, Chalotzula, Sharola Tigra. Service is fine. Okay, listen, if you both agree, get, get, do Chalitza, and let's get on with our lives, right? In other words, what, what, so fine. What's, what's more to talk about? But one second. But we learned in the Braisa that you require both a get and chalitza, to which the Gemara says, Itanya, Tanya, to Travis says, okay, if that's what the Braisa says, that's what the Braisa says, I stand corrected. So the Gemara goes right Suppose it's interesting. What about in this kind of case about a co wife? Look at Rashi for just a moment. Saraso mahu yivama shekansa hayavam v'niftra tsarasa va'amra yivama la'achrasman lo nivalti mahu le'asra tsarasa mipnei dibora shalzeh. So we'll say, listen to this. Listen to this. So let's say Reuven dies. Reuven was married to Rachel and Leah. So Rachel and Leah fall, fall, to, fall to Shimon. Shimon does yibam with Rachel. Shimon falls yibam to Rachel. It turns out that what? So fine. So we'll say, so what happens after Shimon does yibam with Rachel? What happens to Leah? What happens to Leah? Free and clear. She's done. She's done. So Rachel goes on with her life. Then I will say, what happens? Sometime later, Rachel shows up in Beisden. Rachel shows up in Beisden. And she says, I never consummated my relationship with Shimon. So I will say, so now what's the Shiloh? What's the impact of this on Leah? Right? Remember again, Leah's going on with her life. I will say, it's even possible that what? It's even possible that Leah's gotten remarried. Now Rachel's showing up and saying Yibam never occurred. So what's the impact on Leah? What's the impact on Leah the Tzara? To which the Gemara says, mm-hmm. So we'll say this is very interesting. 
from the co-wife perspective, what the Gemara is saying is, once, 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 once Ruvain, or excuse me, once Shimon and Rachel say that they've agreed to do Yibum, right? They go home together. At that point in time, Leah is free and clear. She's done. She's done with this, which is fascinating to the point that even if, even if Rachel shows back up in Beisden with Shimon, right? And Rachel's saying there was never any Bia, there was never any Yibum within 30 days, outside of 30 days, that is an issue that concerns Rachel and Shimon and does not concern Leah at all. As far as Leah is concerned, she's done, which I will say is such a fascinating halacha, because think about this. Obviously, what Rachel did or didn't do does really have a direct impact. But Lamai you, 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 you can't, the halacha can't, you can't have a sustainable halacha like that. Because ultimately, and there has to be a certain point in time where we say, case closed. Case closed. Okay, Rachel, you want to come back to Beisden? This is now a specific issue between you and your Yavam. But as far as the Tzara, the co-wife is concerned, her case is closed. Quite incredible. So I'll just point out over here, so this is how the Rambam Paskins. The Rambam says, this is in Hilchos Yibum V'chalitza, Parak Beis Halacha, Halacha Hey. Yivamu Shenes Yadma V'amar B'Sok Shloshim Yom Lo Nivalti, V'afal Pi Shu Omer Ba'alti V'gersha, Kofin Oso Shiyachlots, Choyo V'kidem V'gersha Beget. So I will say, the Halacha is, the Halacha is that if she, if, right, if she shows up, I'll just say this outside. See, if she shows up within 30 days, and says, Rachel shows up within 30 days, and she says, there was never any Bia. Now, both say, now, she shows up never any Bia. The Shail is, what is she coming to Beisden with? If she's not coming to Beisden with a get, so then we summon Shimon, and we say to Shimon, what? Say to Shimon, what? Listen, either do Yibum or Chalitza, because if there's no get, Rabbi say all the options are on the table. If, however, she shows up with a get, then we force him to do Chalitza. If, however, ultimately, again, she shows up after 30 days, and again, with a get in hand, then we go ahead and we, we, we can't force him to do chalitza. Why can't we force him to do chalitza? Because we'll say, once again, we assume that a person is not going to be abstinent for 30 days living under the same roof with a, with another, with a woman. And therefore, what we do is we request of him to do chalitza. So we'll say, I should say the halacha pretty much mirrors the Mishnah as we have it. Incredible. Let's go weiter. Says the Gemara. Hano deres hano. So also remember again, the Mishnah's last case, an interesting one, was a woman who makes a neder, makes a vow, precluding herself from getting benefit from her brother-in-law. So now, of course, the interesting, interesting point is going to be what? What's the impact of that neder upon Yibum? Right, so the Mishnah made an interesting distinction. What was the interesting? What was the interesting distinction on Mishnah? If she made the neder while her husband was still alive, then ultimately what? The neder stands. The neder stands. I said the neder stands to the point that So now, just just to play this out. So Rachel is married to Reuven. While Reuven is alive, Rachel says, "I don't like my brother-in-law. Whatever the reason is, I make a neder precluding myself from getting any any benefit from him." Three weeks later, right, Reuven dies. She, for, she falls to Yibam before Shimon. The Mishnah says, we force Shimon to do Chalitza. Person do Chalitza. Now, also, now remember again, if she made the neder after her husband died, then what? Then we request of Shimon to do Chalitza. However, the Mishnah's last case was, if it's clear 
that she had kavana to make a neder, so as to circumvent any possibility of yibum in that situation in Abosai, we request of the Yavam to do chalitza, but we don't force him. So says the Gemara, Tanan Hasam. The Bible says it's very interesting. The will say, used to be that they, we, originally we said there are three women who ultimately have to leave a marriage, but even though they have to leave, they leave with their ksuva. Who are these three women? Listen to this. Let's say a woman says, this is the wife of a coin who says, I was violated. Then I will say, if a wife of a Yisrael is violated, she is permitted to her husband. If, if Rahman al-Islam, the wife of a Kohen, is violated, she is not permitted to her husband. So let's say wife of a Kohen shows up, she tells her husband, unfortunately, I was violated. And therefore, I'm asura to you, Rashi says over here, Ha'omeris t'mani l'cha, eishis Kohen sh'amr l'bayla ne'enasti, de'isra'ale uksuva l'mifsida. So I'll say, so she says, ultimately, I was violated. Or, or, ha'shamayim b'ni l'beinecha. So I'll say, so literally again, the heavens are between me and you. So we'll say, this is actually an interesting, Rashi says, what does this mean? She says to her husband, only God knows that you have, that you are not intimate with me. So she is claiming over here that her husband does not fulfill his conjugal obligations Right? He does not fulfill his intimacy obligations, so she's making a claim against him. And obviously, a claim like that, a claim like that, is pretty difficult to support and based in. Right? So that's why she's going to say again, who knows that you're not intimate with me? Or, Nitula ani mina Yehudim. So we'll say, what does this mean? Rashi says, Nitula ani mina Yehudim. Literally means, I'm removed from the Jews. Rashi says, Nadrahi shaloti bayle Yehudim. She says, I will not have any relations with any Jews. Umida asra nafsha kuli ama shmamina tashmish kashala va'anusahi. So we'll say, now we assume that if a woman makes that type of, type of nether, that I will see that relations perhaps are painful for her. And therefore she's unable to be intimate. So obviously if she's making that nether, that impacts her husband as well. So we'll say these are three cases, three cases where ultimately again, again, either a wife of a coin is claiming I was violated or she's claiming you're not intimate with me or or she makes an other prohibiting herself from any Jew, from any Jew. So we'll say in all of these cases, Chazal ruled that she leaves the marriage because obviously again, these marriages are not sustainable, but she gets her ksuva. And I will say now this is very interesting. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, So it's very interesting. The problem was, Chazal were concerned that these situations could be easily exploited as well. In other words, let's say a woman just wants out of a marriage, was out of a marriage and wants her ksuva as well. So if she's the wife of a coin, she could just say, I was violated by someone. And I will say, now again, remember, in, in the original formulation of this halacha, there's no need for any level of eidos. Her word, she, she's believed. So she says again, I was violated. I was violated. Okay. So she goes to the Yitzhak She says, you're never intimate with me. Okay. Like I said, no, no burden of proof. Or ultimately, again, she makes a neder. So Chazal were concerned about the possible exploitation of these halachas. So rather, again, halacha was reformed. Ella, ha'omeres temani lecha. So I will say, if a woman says she was violated, she has to bring some level of proof. In other words, I will say, 
It doesn't mean that she has to, it doesn't mean necessarily that she has to produce Adim for this, but there has to be at least some level of evidence to this particular claim. So the Gemara says, if she comes to Bezin and she says to Bezin, my husband is not, my husband is not intimate with me. So I will say Bezin will encourage the husband to divorce his wife. They're not going to, they can't compel him. Why can't they compel him? Because I will say there's no proof that what she's saying is accurate. She's making a claim and Bezin will say to the husband, listen, be a good guy. If you're not, if you're not fulfilling a basic intimate need for your wife, why are you staying married to her, right? It, it, it's a divorce her. So they'll request it, but they can't compel it. So the Gemara says, If she makes a nether and she says, I'm removed from all Jews, he should annul his portion of that nether, and he's permitted to be intimate with her. And ultimately, again, she remains usher to everyone else, which I will say is not a, really a big deal if she's usher to everybody else, because she's a married woman anyway. Were she to get divorced or her husband were to be widowed, she might have a problem with that nether. So I will say, so therefore, Chazal reforged those three halachas. So I will say, let's play this out for just a moment. So, right, Rachel's married to Ruvain. Rachel makes a nether. The nether is Netula Animeyud. I removed from all Jews, which again is a nether precluding her ability to be intimate with any Jewish man. So what's the halacha? We say a husband has the ability to annul his portion of that nether. So he annuls his chilek and that allows him to go ahead and remain married with his wife, to his wife. Fine. Now it happens, Rabbosai. Ruven dies. Ruven dies. Rachel falls to Yibum to Shimon. So Rabbosai, what's the shayla? What's the shayla? Can she do Yibum with Shimon knowing that she has this nether? In other words, what, what, what do we do with this? She has this nether sitting on her. Does that nether preclude her from doing Yibum or not? To which the Gemara says, Mi maska daita demayis bailo, v'nafla kame yavam alo. The Rabbi say, here's what's very interesting. Way, the way the Nedarim work is, Nedarim work in two ways. Num, number one, that, that the verbiage of, of Nedarim goes after the way that people speak, the vernacular, right? And number two, Nidharma also based on a person's mindset. So I will say, here's the shayla. When Rachel made that nether, when she made that nether, did she have in mind that that nether could devolve upon her brother-in-law or not? In other words, I will say, let's play this out. Does she, did she have in mind that it should devolve upon her brother-in-law? In other words, does she think about, well, maybe one day my husband will die without children, I'll fall to Yibam to my brother-in-law. So this nether should apply to my brother-in-law. Or does she say, no, I don't even think about my brother-in-law. Why don't I think about my brother-in-law? Why, why don't I think about my brother-in-law in terms of this nether? Why? He's an erva. He's an erva. The same way that I don't think about this nether applying to my brother or my father, or right, I don't think about this nether applying to my brother-in-law because he's an erva. So I will say, here's the fascinating Shaila. Do we say that in her mindset, since there is a possibility that there be a set of circumstances through which she would marry her brother-in-law, she has in mind that this type of nether devolves upon her brother-in-law? Or do we say no? Her brother-in-law is not even in her mind at all because right now as she's making this nether, he's a what? He's a what? He's an erva. He's an erva. Fascinating Shaila. Rav Amar Yavam Eno Kibal. Rav says the Yavam is not like the husband. 
Ushmul Amar Yavam Harihi Kibal. That I was saying, what, what is that lush to me? Look at Rashi. Eno Kibal. Shiyat Sarek Lahafer Kibal. Tadaita Debal Nodra. Vesarekula Afar. Vali Yavam Utaris Pula Afara. So I was saying, this is interesting. When Rav says that the Yavam is not like the husband, it means that the Yavam is not subject to the nether. She never had the Yavam in mind when she made this nether. Because a woman doesn't think about the possibility of her husband dying without children. And therefore, again, she might fall to Yibam to her brother-in-law. And therefore, again, Rav says, the Yavam is not included in the nether. She never had him in mind when making the nether. Shmuel says, no, the Yavam is just like the husband, i.e., he was in her mindset when making the nether. Amr Abayi, Abayi says, Kavase, Dirab Mistabra. Abayi says, it would appear that Allah really follows Rav. That namely the Yavam is not included in the nether. Why? This nan, Hanoderes Hanoam Yavama Bechaye Baila. Because we'll say, what do we learn in our Mishnah? If a woman makes, makes a nether, not to get Hano from her brother in law, if she made the nether during the lifetime of her husband, Kofin also Shiachlots, then Abbas and the husband dies, she's now a surah to her brother in law. We force the Yavam to do Chalitza. Vim Isa, Demaska Adaite. Now Abbas say, if at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that Allah Chalamais again, she has it in mind on the days. Mivakshin mi Ultimately, again, Allah Chalamais, we shouldn't say, Rabbi say, so now, if it's true that ultimately again she has this in mind, then ultimately, Rabbi say, in other words, if we say that even when she makes the nether during her husband's lifetime, that she has in mind her yavam, her yavam, then what, Rabbi say? Then this is a nether targeted to avoid yibum. Anytime we have a nether targeted to avoid Gibum, what does the Mishnah say? We don't force the Yavam to do Chalitza. What do we do? We ask him to do Chalitza. If that's the case that she has in mind her brother-in-law, then even when she made the nether during the lifetime of her husband, we can't force the Yavam, but rather what? We should ask him. Hacham asking, and what's the case? Be'isha shiyesh labanim. Ultimately, what's the case of a woman who has children? Dechuli ha'ilo maska adaita. Rabbi said, in other words, she has children. So she's not thinking about the possibility of yibum, right? So therefore, again, now, there could be yibum. Why? Because first of all, they could be her children, not his children. And you could also have a scenario where, remember, again, remember, even if there are children, if the children predecease, right, predecease, the husband, right, and then he dies, there could be an obligation of Yibam. But, but Pasha said, it could just be even a case of where it's her children and not his children. So in that case, of Osai, she's not thinking about, she's not thinking about Yibam. So because she's not thinking about Yibam, she made the nether during her husband's lifetime, so we assume that, that, that she just didn't have in mind the Yavam. To which the Gemara says, But Lamais, again, if she didn't have children, Pasha, she would be thinking about the Yavam. If that's the case, Mevakshin. Then I both said that would be a case where Halacha even if she made the nether during the lifetime of her husband, if she doesn't have children, based on what you just said, it should be that she has in mind for her Yavam as well, in which case, again, that is a nether targeted to avoid Yibum. And anytime she makes a nether to avoid Yibum, we don't force the Yavam to do Khalid. So we ask him, therefore, if that's the case, Adatani in this Kavna Lakach, Afilu Baila, we should splice that case. When is this so ultimately again that if she made the nether during the lifetime of her husband, that we forced the Yavam to go out and do Chalitza? That's if she has children. 
But if she doesn't have children, ultimately what? We should only request of the Yavam, because in that case, I'd have to be concerned that she had explicit intent to preclude Yibum. Rather, I will say, this is very interesting. From the Mishnah, I will say, from the fact that the Mishnah says that if a woman makes a neder during the lifetime of her husband, not to get benefit from her brother-in-law, right? She, she, that, that, that's her neder, right? Reuven is alive and well. Rachel makes a neder. I'm not going, I'm, I preclude myself from getting any benefit from Shimon. So I will say, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Then Reuven dies. Ruvain dies, no children, right? Rachel falls to Yibam to Shimon. What's Talacha? We force Shimon to do Chalitza. Now, I say the fact that we force Shimon to do Chalitza means that when a woman makes a neder during the lifetime of her husband, she's not thinking about Yibam. She's not thinking about Yibam, right? Halacha, and the fact that the Mishnah makes some distinction between she did have children, didn't have children, indicates to us that during the lifetime of her husband, she's not focused on the possibility of Yibam. And I'm about to say, this reflects the position of Rav. Let's go back. Let's, let's just bring this all together. When a woman makes, remember again, let's go back. A woman makes a neder. What's the neder? Netula animin ayyuhudim. She goes ahead and she says, I'm removed from the Jewish people. So remember again, I'm about to say, what do we do with that neder? We tell husband, we tell husband, be mefer, annul your part of that neder, and you could go ahead and continue to live with your wife. Halacha lamaisa, after that, what happens? Ruvain dies. She falls to Yibum to Shimon. So I will say, what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Does the neder preclude her from going ahead and doing Yibum? And doing Yibum. So I will say, what's the fundamental Shaila? When she made this neder, did she have in mind the possibility of Yibum? Rav says no. Shmuel says yes. And I will say, it turns out we paskin like Rav. We assume that a woman during the course of marriage is not really thinking about Yibum. So that's why when she makes the neder, Netula Ani Minah Yehudim, she never had a mind for her brother-in-law because her brother-in-law is an erva anyway, and she never had a mind about the possibility of Yibum down the road. Therefore, when her husband dies and she falls to Yibum to Shimon, she's totally permitted to do Yibum with Shimon. Similarly, you will say, that's our Mishnah. That's why Halacha Lamaisa, when she's married to Reuven, she gets into a fight with her brother-in-law. She just doesn't like her brother-in-law. Or for whatever the reason, she just feels like making a neder. I'm not, Rachel says, Shimon, I'm not getting any benefit from you. And I will say, we do not look at that neder as a premeditated attempt to avoid yibum, right? We just look at it as a neder to preclude benefit from her brother-in-law. Why? The common theme, Rabbi says, we assume that a woman does not take proactive measures or does not even really think about the possibility of yibum while still married to her husband. Good, I will say, hajin Allah, beishamai, mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. All right, there's some very interesting cases here. Here we go. Here we go. Cherish. Shenasa Pikachos. So I will say this is a Cherish, a deaf mute, who marries a, we'll call it a normal woman. Normal woman. Upikeach Shenasa Chareshes. And a Pikeach, right, or a normal guy who marries a Chareshes. So in Ratzala Hotsi Yotsi, in Ratzala Kayim Ikayim, if they want to get divorced, they could get divorced. And if they want to remain married, they could remain married. Then I will say, you're going to see the overwhelming, the overwhelming, earth-shattering, right, Chiddush of this Mishnah is that what? A Cheresh can get married. Our whole life, I will say, we've been conditioned to think that Cheresh, Shota, Vikatan, lack Das. If you lack Das, then what, cannot, what can't you affect? 
marriage. Marriage is a transaction. It doesn't sound very romantic, right? But marriage is a, there are, I should say, there is a transactional piece to marriage. So we're going to see over here, again, the Gemara is going to ask, we're going to go through a whole bunch of cases. The, the Gemara is going to say, wait, wait one, one second, Cherish can get married? <laughs> so, so again, so we, 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 you didn't miss anything, right? It's just that the Mishnah presupposes that a Cherish can get married. The Gemara is going to ask where we know that from. But again, let's go through all the cases. So we'll say, Kishem Shu Kones Biramiza. So the Gemara says, by the way, how does a Cheresh get married? Because if a person is deaf and mute, I will say again, we know, how do you get married? You take an item of value, you go over to a woman, right? You say, you say, Hopefully she doesn't say, wait, who are you? Right? right? And I will say, so, right, she, she accepts, she accepts, right? That's Kiddushin. So it requires Amira, it requires speech, and it requires Das. So a cheresh, even if a cheresh has some level of das, as we're going to talk about, he doesn't have dibor. So how does he affect kiddushin? Remiza. Right? Remiza literally means signaling. Signaling. Right? So we'll, we'll see. Rashi says over here, Keshem shekonis b'remiza, matam gamakulom kiddushin kach gerushin v'chem b'kiyat b'chareshes b'remiza, kana sheramaz be'etzpa achnes ratzis lo, o b'remiza ratzal hotzi. I will say the way a cheresh... The way Kiddushin and Gerushin is affected with a Cheresh is through Remiza, through signaling, signing, signing. Again, I will say, we'll, we'll get into it, but that's what the Gemara says. So, Pikeach Shenasa Pikeach. Similarly, again, if a Pikeach marries a Pikeach, I will say, this is just a regular case. Ruvay marries Rachel. We'll say, by the way, no Yibum yet over here. These are just regular marriage cases. Right? So, Pikeach, right? So, Ruvay marries Rachel, and they're both typical, regular people. And what happens? Vinisharsha. Now Rachel becomes a cheresh, a chereshes. Imratza yotzi, vimratza yekayim. So ultimately, again, if Reuven wants to remain married to her, he may marry her. If he wants to divorce her, he could divorce her. Now we'll say, we're going to see why could he divorce her if she is a chereshes. Because we'll say, remember again, technically speaking, gerishin doesn't really require the consent or the das of the woman. Salach alamaisa. Again, we'll see all of this in greater depth. But even if she becomes a chareshes, he could divorce her. So the Gemara from Ratzay Kayim, Nishtatis Loyotzi. If she becomes a shota, right? If she goes insane, then he cannot divorce her. And I will say, we'll, we'll see why that is. We'll see why, why that distinction. Nishareshu Onishtata. They both say, let's say again, Ruve marries Rachel. At the time of marriage, he's totally normal. Then he becomes a chareshes, or he becomes a shota. Eino Motzi Ulamas. Then I will say he can never divorce her. Now again, why can't he divorce her? Because Gerushin requires Das, he doesn't have Das. Then I will say, I just want to point out over here, you'll see how the Mishnah seemingly like flip-flops a little bit. Does a Cheresh have Das? A Cheresh not have Das? It, enough for a Cheresh to do Remiza. So again, we'll get into all of this. Why is it that if the wife becomes a Cheresh, the couple can get divorced. But if the husband becomes a cheresh, the couple can't get divorced. On Rula, they said to Rabbi Yochan very simple, because you can't, you can't compare the two cases. A woman could get divorced, whether she consents or doesn't consent. A man could only divorce a woman with, with literally, literally means with consent. But what it means is with full and complete das. H- hence the distinction. 
hated Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgudo, ala chareshe she'esia avia. Let's listen to this case. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Gudgudo spoke about the following case. A chareshes was married off by her father. So we'll remember again, what happens when a father, Kiddushi Kitana, what happens when a father marries off his daughter? Right? Biblical marriage. And I will say, here's the incredible case. What's the nature of when a chareshes, if, if you have a minor chareshes, right? The chareshes Kitana, whose father, whose father marries off. We'll say, what's the nature of that marriage? It's still Kiddushi Daraisa, even though what she's a chareshes, why I will say, because remember again, Kiddushi Kitana never needs the das of the girl. Right? Remember again, that's the whole chap. The father has the ability to marry her off to whoever the father wants. Oh, again, the Gemara says, the Gemara gives an Eitzah, right, to the father, don't marry the girl. We saw this actually a few days ago. Don't marry the Kitan off to someone she doesn't want to be married to. But Lamaisa, the technical right is he has the ability to marry her off even without her das. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So, ultimately, again, she has the ability to go ahead and, to go ahead and get divorced with the get. And I both say, why is that? Rashi says, who receives her get? Her father. Assuming that the husband wants to divorce her while she's still a kitana, ultimately, again, he could divorce her by giving her father the get. When she becomes a gidola, I both say, it's a different story. Amrulo, afzuki yotzeba. They said to him, even in this case, of pikachash shenisharsha, ultimately, again, is like that case as well. We'll see what that statement means. Let's get back now to Yibum. Right, here we go. Two Cheresh brothers married to two Cheresh sisters. Or two Cheresh brothers married to two regular women. Right, two, two again, sisters, all cases of brothers and sisters. Right, two sisters who are typical. Or to two sisters, Achas, Cheresh's, Vachas, Pikachas. One is a Cheresh's and one is a Pikachas. Oh, Beis achayos charshos nesuos l'shnei achin pichin. Or Rebbe said again, don't worry. Don't you have to. We're going to go through all of these cases. Or you have two cheresh sisters married to two regular brothers. O l'shnei achin charshin. Or two cheresh sisters married to two cheresh brothers. O l'shnei achin. Or to two brothers. Echad cheresh ve'echad pikeach. One is a cheresh. One is a pikeach. Hare elu peturos min hayichalitza. This is not a Chiddush. All of these cases are Pater from Chalitza and Yibon. I will say, why? Why? Achos Ishto. I will say, hey, it's such a build-up. I will say, again, remember again, anytime you have two brothers married to two sisters, Halach Lamaisa, I will say, Yibom is going to be an impossibility. Why? Because Lamaisa, your sister-in-law, is also what? Is also what? The, your wife's sister. So it's an erva. So I will say, remember again, this is Yivamis Bezim Adalev. Once there's Achos Isha, so by definition, you're no Yibam, no Chalitza. Then Hayu Nachrios, then I will say, what if the two wives in question were not related? Then Yachnosu could marry. Then And ultimately, if you want to divorce them, you could then divorce them. In other words, you could do Yibam. Ultimately, again, and then if you want to divorce, you could divorce. Shnei Achen, again, I will say, we're going to go through all of these cases. Shnei Achen, Echad Cherish, Ve'echad Pikeach, two brothers. One is a Cherish, one is a Pikeach. Nisu and Mishtei Achayos, Pikchos, that are married to two typical sisters, two regular sisters. Meis Cherish, Bala Pikachos. If ultimately, again, the Cherish, the Cherish brother, married to the regular woman, dies. Ma Ya'ase, Pikeach, Bala Pikachos. 
What should the other brothers also be kiach, married to a regular woman do? Why? Because it's his sister's wife. I'm sorry, his wife's sister. Here's what's interesting. What happens if the pikeach brother, who is married to the pikachas, dies? And I'll say, here's the problem. Now the Chirish brother, who's married to the Pikachas, he only has a Dirabanan marriage to his wife, because he's a Chirish. So he only has a Dirabanan marriage. So I'll say, so now what's the problem? He has a Dirabanan marriage in what? A biblical Yibum. So what does he do? I'll say, we've seen this case already. Motsi Ishto Beget, the Eishas Achiv Asroli Olam. So I'll say, he divorces his wife with a Get. And then ultimately, again, here's the problem. The Yavama is going to be Asuratim anyway, because Halach Alamaisa, again, she is the sister of his wife. Again, we'll get into all of these cases as well. Two regular brothers married to two, to two sisters. One is a Chirish, one is a Pikachos. What happened? So if the husband, if the Pikach husband married to the Chareshes dies, Ultimately, again, what should the Bikach husband, this, the husband of the Bikachas do? No, Yibam ultimately, and because it's his wife's sister. But if the Bikach brother married to the Bikachas dies, what should the Bikach brother married to the Chareshas do? He divorces his wife, because also remember again, it's a, any, you have, any, you have these clashes between rabbinic marriage and biblical yibum. So he divorces his wife with a get, and he does chalitza with his wife. Two brothers, one is a chirish, one is a pikeach, married to two, to, to two sisters, one is a chirish, one is a pikeachos, if the Chiresh married to the Chareshes dies, what should the normal brother married to the normal woman do? Easy. Sister's wife, sorry, wife's sister, and therefore nothing. She leaves. What if the Pikach married to the Pikachas dies? So now again, Avosa, you have a biblical Yibam falling to a brother only married in a rabbinic marriage. He divorces his wife. And ultimately, again, his brother's wife is Asr Tim forever. So I will say, what happens if you have two brothers, one a Chirish, one a Pikeach, married to two unrelated women? So I will say, now we're no longer, I will say, you know, we'll stop over here. We'll pick up, I will say, with this last case of the Mishnah. I will say, by the way, we're going to see all of these cases in the Gemara. I will say, the point of all of these cases is to set us up for this clash. We have this interesting thing, sometimes the clash between a rabbinic marriage and biblical Yibum. Again, we actually saw this already in yesterday's daf. We'll see more of these cases, but again, we're going to get into the very, very interesting and riveting sugya tomorrow about the ability of a chirish to affect marriage and what the true power of that marriage is. Shkoyach.